This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. The goal that we have is to provide you with some really good real estate information so you can make some really good real estate decisions. And um, to help me with that today, we're going to go on the road again. And uh, well, probably two or three times a year, we do these road trips around the U.S. housing market. And I, we talk to friends around the country and find out what's happening in their areas. And I was thinking, what an opportune time to do that now, because how is everybody dealing with the uh, restrictions that they may or may not have? And we're going to have uh, uh, guests today from Los Angeles, San Diego, Arizona, and Ohio. So kind of going to be interesting. Uh, first, I want to start off with a couple of good friends, Tom and Nancy Carnahan. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you? Doing well. Hey, thanks for participating in this. Um, you guys are, are veterans. You've done it before. Yes, only this time you didn't send us a uh, airplane ticket. That's right. Uh, not this time. Uh, the budget it's it's budget restraints. It's not so much COVID restraints. Okay. <laughs> uh, first, tell us what area that you deal with. We deal in the uh, San Fernando and Santa Clarita Valleys, which is the northwest part of Los Angeles City and County. Mm hmm. Well, this is going to be interesting because here in Fresno, we are hearing so much about the restrictions in Los Angeles. And probably the best person to answer that would be Nancy, because Nancy is this year's president of the Southland Regional Association of Realtors. So Nancy, tell us, what what's it like? What, what kind of restrictions do you guys have in selling real estate? Well, at first we weren't even deemed essential. Uh, and the association lobbied uh, with our local government to uh, put us on the essential list. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there was restrictions on no open houses and some vagueness as far as whether or not you could show the properties. Uh, and we've been having weekly meetings with broker owners and managers to try to keep them informed. And it's been very confusing and concerning. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we are able to show, uh, but with uh, very tight uh, requirements and restrictions. Okay, and I would like to clarify something when you say lobby. I'm pulling the words from uh, a previous guest. Lobby doesn't mean you're persuading. Lobbying means you're educating. So there, maybe by educating and showing this is how we can do it. This is how we can accomplish it. And so they obviously listen to you. Good job. That's uh, exactly right. That's exactly right, Don. As a matter of fact, um, and you know this well, I'm sure your listeners do too, that real estate is one of the best ways to get the economy back going again and strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And what an important time for real estate, for homes. I mean, we are in a stay-at-home era. So the home you're living in is kind of really important right now. Exactly right. Um, what, t- uh, Nancy, going back, for, so for a buyer who wants to go out and look at a house, what kind of restrictions are there? Well, first, the buyer has to provide, or their uh, representative, uh, their agent, uh, should provide a listing agent um, with uh, a proof that they're qualified, uh, like a pre-approval from their lender, uh, first and foremost. Uh, They also have to have seen a tour, an online virtual tour of the property, Um, And if they still need to go inside the property, uh, then they have to sign a uh, entrance form, uh, making sure that they haven't recently been ill, uh, they know what the um, risks are. Uh, In addition, they need to wear um, the proper uh, personal protection equipment. Uh, and then the property has to be sterilized before and after. So there's a lot of, and it goes a little bit deeper, and uh, OSHA just came out with uh, new guidelines, which, um, again, uh, our local uh, association uh, needs to, and state association is going to educate uh, to try to work out something that is more palatable, but um, it's pretty strict. So with all those restrictions, just to go look at a house, are homes still selling in your area? Oh, absolutely they are. Not near at the rate that they were prior to COVID-19. Uh, but yes, they are. And as a matter of fact, on the, to begin with, those pro- some properties that were in escrow when the stay-at-home order was issued, some of those buyers tried to renegotiate down the prices. The sellers weren't, ta- weren't uh, uh, buying it. And so some of those escrows fell out, but the properties that are selling are selling for every bit as much as they were pre-COVID-19. It's just taking a little bit longer um, just because there isn't the um, urgency. You know, there, before, you know, we were going into our big season, uh, and now it's really uh, turned into more of, well, if I really don't need to do this now, I'm not going to do it now. Whereas before it was, you know, it, it's the season. Um, so yeah. I, I think our season is going to be pushed back as far as seeing the um, the usual numbers this time of year. Yes. I, I heard a good one from somebody who said that th- the sales are still happening because the serious buyers are still out there and That's taking absolutely. advantage of the rates. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. Uh, I would agree with that, too. And I think we're going to have a, uh, uh, we're going to see a pinned up uh, demand uh, that uh, there are buyers out there and sellers out there that want to buy and sell, but just aren't doing it during this time because of how much of a hassle it is and thinking about moving and all the hoops you have to jump through. Like Nancy said, if you don't have to do it right now, they're going to push it back some months. And I think we're going to see a, a run on properties uh, once we get to the other side of this. I like to call it a surge. I, I believe we'll see a surge. All right. A power surge. Of activity. Yeah. No, I think it's good. It's exciting. It's something to look forward to. Okay. Um, 
how about the rental market? I, um, I know you guys work with uh, pr- property management. Uh, yeah. How's that been impacted? You know, I, I was really concerned. Uh, my company manages about 150 units, and about 75 of those are single-family homes here in and around the San Fernando and Santa Clarita Valleys. And I was concerned that we were going to see a lot of people in April that couldn't pay their rent. Um, we had less than uh, 10%, so less than 15 renters, tenants, that either couldn't pay their rent or could only pay a portion of their rent. So, And, and I was on a uh, webinar the other day with the uh, Los Angeles uh, Apartment Owners Association, and they gave statistics that it's around 10 or 11% uh, statewide that uh, are not able to pay their full rent or any rent at all. So it's not as high a percentage as, as we would think. Um, and uh, I'm grateful that uh, the tenants are still able to uh, live in their homes and at the same time that the owners of those homes are still able to use that rent money to pay their mortgage payments on those properties that the tenants are living in. Yeah, and I wouldn't doubt it that tenants are also feeling inside that, boy, I better be thankful for that they provided this home for me because I, I, this is where I'm sheltered 24 hours a day now. Yep, I think you're right, Don. I think you're right. And and we've had a couple of owners that are so thankful that their, their tenants are paying the full rent that um, they asked us to go out and buy a – uh, restaurant gift card for hundred bucks or whatever amount and give it to the tenants as a thank you uh, to the tenants. And we know that you're hurting and to help the community and keep the uh, restaurants open as well. That's a great idea. I, I hope they're paying you back, Tom. Uh, oh yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's really neat done because you're seeing, I, I think overall you're seeing a lot more, um, good goodness in people by doing things for other people that we just somehow just didn't have time or didn't think about it before. So there's, there's some good coming out of this bad. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have one, one last question for each of you. And that is what is your best real estate advice for this COVID era time? My best advice is to be positive uh, and know that change is uncomfortable, but change also brings new opportunities and greatness. uh, And you just have to have the faith uh, that we will um, we will all come together and this world will ultimately be better because of what we're having to go through. Great. That's not real estate. That's more philosophical. Sorry. Yeah. And, and Tom, don't even try to top that one. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I know what I've been beat on. I, I just uh, leave that alone and just say that uh, as far as real estate is concerned, if you're, if you're looking to buy or sell, it's a great time, even though it's tougher, um, because the prices, in my opinion, are not going down. Uh, I think they're, they're only going to get stronger and go up. And as a matter of fact, I think we might see interest rates stay the same. I think we're going to see them stay the same. And I think we might see them trickle down just a bit because we've got to keep the economy going or get the economy going and be open slowly, but you need other things to help. And I think we're going to see interest rates 
uh, uh, dip even lower than they are. But having said that, uh, don't wait for interest rates to go down because when you blink, they might go up and then you've lost your buying opportunity. Ah, thank you. Well, thank you very much, Tom and Nancy Carnahan from the Los Angeles area. We're now going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we are on the road again. So we were in Los Angeles. We're now going to head down the I-5 to the San Diego County area. And we have another guest with us, Nikki Copa. How are you, Nikki? I'm doing well, Don. And yourself? Great. Hey, thank you for uh, participating in this. This is going to be educational for me to find out how other areas are working. So I'm sure it'll be educational for all our listeners, too. So- Absolutely. First of all, uh, what areas of San Diego do you cover? Okay, I live in San Diego County, um, way down south, about eight miles from the Mexico border. So that's, but I cover um, San Diego County, Riverside County, and Orange County for in real estate. You manage different offices, is that right? Yeah, we have 15 locations in the three counties. So um, for me, I'm managing broker. I do sell, but I also have to oversee all the activity of all of our agents. So this has been a very interesting time as different cities and different counties have different regulations during the pandemic. So it's been it's definitely been interesting. Yeah, I'll bet you really have to stay on top of it because you've got the inner city of San Diego, but you also have some small communities out in the, out towards the desert or Riverside County. Absolutely. And the, and the, the way that everybody is looking at it is very different. The more rural we get, the more lax, um, the, the people in the communities tend to be about some of these regulations. So it's kind of interesting. You'll go um, to the urban areas and, you know, everybody has their masks on and they want to follow all the protocols. And then you go out to one of the more rural areas and you are kind of shunned if you're doing some of these things. So it's, it's a very interesting um, shift from going to place to place and county to county. And as managing broker, you're in charge of it. You got to be the, the enforcer, right? <laughs> yep. I'm the one that gets to read all the new regulations that come out. It seems like all day, every day, and uh, then figure out how we're going to implement them and how we can do this practically, because it's great when we've got oversight that gives us some direction, but at the end of the day, in practice, it doesn't always work. And so that's where really where I have to come in and try to say, all right, here's the rule. Here's how we do it now. Let's figure out how we can adapt this to be compliant, but still be able to do our job. So of the three counties that you cover, you said San Diego, Orange, and Riverside? Is that right? Correct. Okay. What are the differences between those three counties? 
Well, and actually, Riverside is probably the most lax right now, which is funny because if you go out to the county regulations, Riverside County is one that um, said that they would be shut down through July. But Temecula is one of the largest cities in um, that area. And the Temecula mayor and the Temecula police chief uh, went out and said, no, we're not going to enforce any of this stuff. We need to get back to work. We need to let you guys uh, do your thing. So that being said, we've seen over the course of the last four days, a significant shift in activity in Temecula and more and more places are opening up, which is likely to spread throughout the county. And Riverside is so, it's immersed right there. It's the middle between Orange County and San Diego County. So we're definitely seeing that spread into the more rural areas of those two counties. And so it's going to be interesting to watch. We've just seen a definite um, loosening of the restrictions, or not necessarily officially of the restrictions, but of the the compliance with the restrictions uh, from the people in that area. So when you said it's spreading, you're not talking about the virus, you're talking about the non-compliance. Right. You know, and honestly, just the, I think that people have been watching this for a while. They've been at home. They've had things to do. One of the things that was very interesting when all of these regulations came out is the different perception of what realtors do. Yes, we sell things, but people don't buy and sell houses just on a whim. They do it because they need to. And they've had changes in their life and they need to get out there and they need to make those changes in their homes. And so getting deemed essential, that was one of the arguments that needed to be made in the state of California. And so we've had a lot of people that have been waiting to make these essential changes in their lives. And I think they're just done. In San Diego County, we're almost all the way to a hot seller's market. And just watching the shift over the last 10 days, we're down in market time, um, down to 68 days. Every week, we're dropping another week and going faster and faster. And we just don't have inventory here. We're seeing the same thing in Riverside County and Orange County's right behind it. So uh, we definitely have the demand down here. And I think people are just tired of waiting. Well, and we can't forget that some people need to move. Um, Absolutely. You know, maybe it's a job transfer across the country. Um, whatever the reason, they they need to do it. So, okay. Um, what? How does somebody go about showing a home? Let's say in San Diego. Right now, we we can go out and show. We're supposed to do everything that we can virtually. So we've done a lot of support with our agents, teaching them how to use Zoom, teaching them how to do video calls, all of those things so that they can actually show things virtually first. And that's the, that's the professional protocol that we're all trying to follow down here is that let's look at it all online first and make sure that these are the ones we want to go see. Then we go out and meet our clients. We don't necessarily put them in the car anymore. Um, We will meet them at the properties. Agents are expected to show up with masks and gloves for their clients. And we go in. Our clients don't touch anything. Realtors are to touch, turn on the lights, open the doors, wipe things down. We have to have wipes on us so that we can make sure that we can sanitize anything that we do touch. But for the most part, it's pretty automatic now the buyers and the the buyers get a copy of a statement 
saying that they are not positive for COVID-19 prior to entry. And it kind of goes through the protocols that are going to be, be followed to make sure that everybody's safe. And it's been interesting because when the first, when the documents first came out, the agents were very, very concerned about the buyers freaking out about this big document and why do I have to sign this? And what we found is that it actually gives them a great deal of security because the average person is not watching all of the protocols every single day. And so understanding that their agent has their back, they've got the the personal protection equipment that's required and is suggested and gives that to them so that they can go and see the homes. It's become a very, very efficient process for those that have just jumped in and, you know, have all the, have all the items at the ready. Yeah. That's the same thing that's happening here in Fresno. I, when I, that form first came out, the so-called PED form, property entry advisory disclosure. I thought, oh my gosh, nobody's going to want to sign this. Buyers are expecting to sign it. It's like they must have heard about it. Well, probably on Welcome Home Radio. And they're out there and ha- I haven't had any problems with somebody signing that. Absolutely. And it, and it kind of puts them at ease. It's It's been you know, when we think about how long that this has lasted, at the end of the day, when we look at the, the human attention span, our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter with more technology. And so for us to have sat at home for this long and not gone about our business and, you know, as Tom and Nancy uh hit on this is our high season typically we start seeing properties come on the market in march and then uh come april we are running with sales and may june july are our biggest closing months a lot of people with schools they want to be relocated before their kids start the next school year all of those things and all of a sudden we had all these people that couldn't go out they were homeschooling their kids they were doing all of these things And now what we're seeing is that they now have their new routines established. And so they know, okay, well, we can go out from one o'clock to three o'clock. This is, this is when we can go out and see the properties. And they actually know what they're lacking now more in their properties. That's one of the things that's been very interesting. They know if they need more room, they know if they need an office at home and they want to make those changes because the market is just beautiful for that right now. If you need to sell, we have very, very little inventory down here. So it is going to go quickly. And then from the buying perspective, we have a lot of sellers that just don't want a ton of showings. And so the sellers are being a lot more open to everything that's coming in. So the conditions, as long as you're setting those expectations up front of, hey, we might hit a few speed bumps and dates probably won't be solid, but as long as everybody's working together, then we'll be able to get through this. We've had some great transactions. Great. One last question before we have to go to our commercial break, but how do you predict uh, the sales numbers versus sales prices? Do you see them both going down or both going up? You know, we haven't seen a sales price decrease in any of the three counties, even with the low in sales. And as uh, Tom had mentioned, we had some sellers that or some buyers that thought that they could renegotiate but that just didn't happen. So prices have not gone down and we don't expect them to. Um, As far as actual units closed, that went down when we shut down for about the first three weeks 
uh, in when we did the initial shutdown. But after that, they're going up every single day and demand has just increased. So I do expect us to see um, see a really, really good third quarter, um, if not through June and July, a lot of closings, not up to where we normally are, but pretty close. Wow, this is really encouraging. Nikki Copa from San Diego, thank you very much for participating with us today, and um, good luck to you. Thank you so much, Don. All right, and now we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Yes, here we are on the road again. This is Don Scordino, your host. And now we're heading east from San Diego County. We're heading all the way out to Cleveland, Ohio. And we have on the phone with us Seth Task from Ohio. Good morning, Seth. Hi, Don. How are you? Good. I Actually, I'm wrong. It's afternoon there, right? It is 1230. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you very much for participating in this. It's going to be kind of interesting. So now we're outside of California, where California, we believe, has some really, really strict shelter-in-place laws. What do you have in Ohio? What's it like over there um, as far as restrictions on, on real estate? Sure. Yeah. And I've got a lot of friends, as you know, uh, that are realtors out there in California. I hear a lot about what's going on out there. We we have been in a shelter in place. Um, we were actually one of the first states to go into shelter in place. And um, in fact, today uh, is the first day that um, that restaurants and bars are opening back up, although only for exterior seating. Um, which is sort of funny. We're in Cleveland. Um, today is finally going to be 70 and sunny. Um, it's been horrible weather, uh, but finally today we have that. And um, in a week on the 21st, uh, indoor seating with proper distancing will open back up. But um, we have been declared an essential service since the beginning um, in doing business uh, in selling real estate. It certainly has not been business as usual. Um, we have been cognizant about making sure that uh, agents are wearing masks when they are showing that they are sanitizing all surfaces that are touched, that only two people should be going into the house along with the agent. Um, Most uh, uh, brokerages and agents are not conducting open houses. Our brokerage is forbidding open houses through the shelter in place. Um, So it's a little bit different uh, for sure. But, um, but uh, you know, I think we're, uh, we've, we've done pretty well with it. So, actually, it sounds like um, California may have stole the playbook from Ohio. And it's you know, not the first lot, thing we stole. We stole LeBron James, too. That well, one, you know, we did get our championship. No, Miami stole LeBron James. <laughs> we got our championship then. We knew LeBron was going to the Lakers. He always wanted to go to the Lakers. So, uh, you know what? We're okay with that. We're okay with that. There's not much we steal in Cleveland from California. I wish we could steal more sunshine. <laughs> All right. Um, so what protocol does an agent have to go through to show a house to a buyer? Yeah, to show a house, um, the right way to go. And, you know, we have at Ohio Realtors, I'm the president-elect of the state association. Yeah, um, by the way, know, congratulations. Have, 
Thank you very much. And you know, we we it's been it's been a lot more work than we uh, signed up for for sure. But uh, happy to serve and and um, help drive how the industry is supposed to to move in such a tumultuous time. Um, we have put a playbook together. Our website, uh, our filters website, has a coronavirus page uh, with best practices for both buyers and sellers, um, rec- recommending that agents. Number one, that they're counseling their buyers even before going out on showings, that the buyers should be wearing masks um, and gloves if that's something that, that they feel uh, they need to. Um, all of my listings, I have sanitizer at the door. Um, I have booties at the door. Uh, we, are, we have notes all over. We are opening um, cabinets and doors prior to the showing, um, recommending that to our clients, recommending that all lights be turned on so that so that buyers don't really have to touch anything to be able to properly view the house. But if not, we're recommending that agents bring with them sanitary wipes, uh, again, masks and gloves, um, and that, um, you know, you're, you're arriving ahead of time, you're sanitizing the door, you're opening the door, um, you're maintaining six feet in the house. Um, I showed a house a couple of weeks ago that I sold. You know, it was two kids and, and uh, the husband and wife, and, you know, they just had to go in two at a time. Uh, it's just the way that we did it. Um, the, you know, the two, the, the dad and the daughter played in the yard while the son and the mom came in the house. So, um, you know, we just have to be professionals. I mean, that's who we are as realtors, right, Don? I mean, we, we, we're supposed to be professionals. We should be professionals. And, uh, you know, the public safety is something that's there's nothing more important than that when it comes to, um, you know, what we do in dealing with people's homes. Yeah, good. And, you know, some good things may come out of this. If you think about it, even as we go beyond the COVID era and the shelter in place and we get back to so-called normal, great idea for the sellers to have all the lights on, the doors open, open some cabinet doors, draw the curtains. They should have been doing that anyway. And how many times did you enter a home and it was just dark as could be, all the lights were off, all the doors are closed. So maybe this is something sellers can learn from. I have to tell you, Don, there is so much outside of even, um, you know, how we sell real estate that, that we are going to learn. There's so much we're going to learn from how to run a brokerage to how businesses are going to operate to, you know, how collaborative we can be. I mean, how many Zoom calls has everybody been on? Um, I mean, I'm averaging during the week, I'm averaging probably four or five Zoom calls a day now. I'm seeing people and not just people. I'm seeing friends that I haven't seen in in years, um, their faces. And I have to tell you, I think that um, while we are not allowed to be within six feet of each other, I think we're connecting more with people today. And I think that that really, um, you know, says a lot for, uh, for uh, you know, what this disease has done for, for the world. Mm-hmm. By the way, I did see you on a Zoom call this week, and they better open up barbershops there soon. You need a haircut, Seth. Uh, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I, I have to meet some clients. It's horrible. So, you know, it's funny that barbershops just opened. That was one of the services that just opened. Um, my barber, my, my haircut, uh, care cutter, is a, uh, she actually had open heart surgery during this shelter in place, and she is not back. Uh, to work until June 1st, and I will not cheat on her. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'll just look like this until she's able to cut my hair because, uh, 
I, I just, I, you know, I'm just a loyalist. That's who I am. All right. Well, that's good to know. For and I hope you give her a pod or show her the podcast for this show, so that she knows what a loyalist you are. Okay, <laughs> a couple of more questions, and um, I, I understand you own some rental property. How has the rental mm-hmm. situation been there? In, you know, in Cleveland, I think it's okay. I mean, we, we just like anywhere else. I mean, there's, you know, unemployment, as you know, is, what is it, 33 million people unemployed, 15% unemployment. Um, there, there's a lot of protections that, uh, that uh, FHFA, HUD, any federally-backed mortgage um, has, has uh, uh, issued forbearance for anyone who owns an investment property where people aren't paying uh, the rent. Um, I own an apartment, a six-unit apartment building, and uh, out of the six tenants, only one um, was furloughed or and we really didn't lose her job. She was furloughed. Went back to work. Um, you know, I gave her a one-month rent credit for while she was uh, um, uh, furloughed, and um, you know, tacking that onto the end, just extending the lease. And um, and uh, you know, I think that there's just a lot of that going on, both commercially. Um, and in residential rental markets. Um, I think the rental market, to some degree, um, is, is still strong. Um, properties that we list for rent are, are renting um, as fast as they did before. Um, Cleveland is a very large um, um, medical community, as you know. The Cleveland Clinic, most people have heard of. It's one of the top, uh, you know, one of the top three or four hospitals in the world. Um, and uh, they employ thousands of people here in Northeast Ohio, as does University Hospitals and Case Western Reserve University, and we just have a ton of medical here. So, um, you know, the entire medical community is is uh, has not lost you know lost one hour of work. In fact, they've gained. Right. Um, so right. you know, we, and that's a big rental market for us is is that medical community. You know, that's a really good point you bring up. So many people think that. Uh, or especially in the legislature uh, in California, maybe Ohio too. But they think that if you're a renter, you're a have-not, and if you're if you own property, you have. And that's not always the case. Um, I too have a couple of medical professionals that rent from me, and they're busier than ever, working more. Uh, they are not negatively impacted, although they are renters. So, in fact, yeah, and, and yeah, those right. Listen, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's certainly the statistics absolutely favor that owner occupants have a higher net worth than um, you know than renters, and that just sort of goes without saying, right? If you're paying if every month, you're paying down equity. It, you know, the 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 conglomerate of of homeowners versus the conglomerate of renters. Of course, there's going to be a higher net worth, but. When you're talking about doctors or medical community, you know, especially if they're younger, um, you know, oftentimes they're they are working. They're e- they're either on a residency program, maybe they're on a two-year research program. Um, you know, maybe it's their first medical job, and they're sort of building a resume, and they and and they pl- they don't know where they're going to be in three years. I, I just sold a house in Cleveland Heights, um, that where they he came here uh, for a program. Um, was hired by the Cleveland Clinic, and three years later, um, he was just hired by a hospital in Boston, and now he's moving to Boston. 
Um, he didn't know he was going to be leaving, but they knew they were going to be here for at least two years. They ended up being here for three and a half, and now he's moving. Um, and they did buy a house when they when they but you know, when they uh, purchased. But you know, and they're not they're not making any money. I mean, they're they're basically not losing the appreciation. What they put into it is covering the costs of selling, mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of it. You know, we're not California. We only see three to five, six, seven percent appreciation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the thing about medical community is, is that you could have a doctor makes a lot of money, but he doesn't know if he's going to be where he's at in four years. So he might not buy. Right. Or she. Now you bring out a good point and, uh, this will be my last question before we go to our next commercial break, but in your area, what's a typical home price and what does it buy? Sure. So, um, you know, I pulled up some statistics knowing that you were going to ask me some questions like this. I will tell you that um, that the average price, and I, I searched Cuyahoga County. So uh, Cuyahoga County is the county that uh, houses Cleveland, Ohio, and the most of the suburbs. Um, there are five, it's a, the metropolitan area is a five-county region. I actually live about less than a mile from where you could stand on a spot where you're in four counties, Cuyahoga being one of them. But um, Cuyahoga County, the average sale price um, as of last month was $182,000. That's up 8% from $168,000 a year ago. Um, and so you've, it's funny, I talk to some people in California, they send me pictures on this text string I'm in, and I say, they show me this three-bedroom, two-bath ranch on a postage stamp lot, and I say, how much is that in San Francisco or wherever he was? He was in L.A. or San Francisco somewhere. I said, here in Cleveland, that'd be $200,000. Where? What, what, how much is that there? They said $200,000 over list price. Wow. So, <laughs> so that's a different story, right, California? But $182,000, I mean, is going to buy in a, in a, in a um, I don't want to say, I, you can't really say nice, right? Um, it's going to buy in a, in a, an, an average to above average school system, it's going to buy approximately a 1,500 square foot house on approximately 0.2 acres, um, which, which those of you in California, when you go by square footage, is about 8,000 square foot lot, yeah. 8,500 square foot lot. Well, Seth, so, task, um, I, want, I want to thank you for uh, uh, calling in today and, and helping us out with this. We do have to go to our next commercial break. But um, thank you, and stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music for my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're on the road again. Now we're heading from Ohio over to Arizona. And on the line, we have Colleen Olson from the Phoenix, Arizona area. How are you, Colleen? I'm amazing, Don. Thank you for asking. All right. Fantastic. And thank you for for participating in this. It's really interesting to find out how other areas are are being affected. So let me ask you, you're in Arizona, we're in California. Supposedly, we're a lot more restrictive. What kind of restrictions do you guys have on showing homes? Well, Don, we have been very fortunate. We've not had any restrictions. Mm. So we were essential. We've never um, were prohibited from showing anything. I think there was a little bit of a slowdown um, in open houses. 
you know, people are like, well, maybe we shouldn't have open houses. So that was probably for like maybe two weeks. But really, showings have taken place. Um, and people have masks at the door. And, and again, like you said, having lights turned on, um, cupboards open so people don't have to, you know, open or touch anything. But you know what? Um, Arizona's thriving and, and we've never had any downturn the whole time because we weren't shut down at all. That's mm. interesting. You made the distinction between uh, being restrict, no restrictions, but also it sounds like you're using good precautions, which is voluntary. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, it was all voluntary. And, you know, we wanted to, you know, um, be uh, respectful to everybody. But again, um, there's so many people moving to Arizona and 82% of my business is relocation. So there are people who have to move here or people who have to move other places. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, most of the agents and homeowners um, have been, you know, really, really flexible. I do have one listing. We did take it off because um, she, my client had a lung disease and it was, and she was in her seventies. It just didn't make any sense to have her house on the market. So we took hers temporarily off the market. Okay. And maybe she didn't have to move right now. I take it. Well, she was going to be going back East um, and they were going to put her um, in a assist, assisted living. Well, as we know, assisted living, um, you know, they, they're all struggling So her family is like, nope, we're going to keep her in the house. She's much safer being here than back east in a assisted living. So let me jump ahead for a minute. What are prices like in in that area? Uh, And keep in mind, Fresno County is not like the rest of California, so we don't have those $2 million postage size houses. Well, uh, I think the average sales price in Scottsdale is around six fifty. Um, Phoenix probably around two seventy five. Mm-hmm. Now Phoenix is huge, so you can have multi million dollar homes on Camelback Mountain. They have a they may have a Phoenix address in Arcadia, um, but then it can go all the way down to downtown Phoenix, where you know you get a um, two three hundred thousand dollar house, three bedroom two bath or maybe two bedroom, two bath. Um, in Scottsdale, let's say uh, at 650, probably three bedroom, two bath, maybe around mm, 2,400 square feet with a pool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, Camelback yeah. is where I would want to move because uh, ah, it's <laughs> close to the Dodgers spring training facility, which by the way, I was there in February before we got so restricted here. And yeah. of course, before baseball shut down. Yeah, helping one of helping one of your peeps uh, move here. So yeah, you um, are in the fact- Dodgers. Yeah, oh, and and another one of yours. Yeah, so um, we have a lot of people um, from LA that are um, buying houses here, and they'll just commute back to California for work. Interesting. Now mm-hmm. you're bringing out a good point. We do have a common client, and that is, I have some yes. people here that have sold their home because they're relocating to Alwat. How do you pronounce it? Awatuki? Awatuki. Awatuki. I almost didn't write that one down because it looked too hard to (laughs) to write when when I sent the form to you. But um, when they wanted to put their home on the market here, it was just as this shelter in place was starting. We were not deemed essential. So really, you could do no 
in-person showings here in California at that time. And I suggested to him that, well, why don't we wait a while? Hopefully it's only going to last two weeks. <laughs> well, I was wrong yeah. there. But they, they made an interesting comment. They said, but no, we want to go forward. We need to move. We're starting a job in, in June in Arizona, and we need to sell this and get moving. So we did. Four days after it was on the market, we got it sold. So yeah, good and, job. And then you found them a place over there. So yep, yep. See? Excited for them to close in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Communication between realtors is good. That, that that really helps. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And these are uh, great clients. Great clients. So we're we're fortunate um, to have them in Arizona. They're mm -hmm. definitely going to be um, a positive for us. Um, sad that they're leaving California, but um, I am too. Uh, <laughs> they are good clients. Arizona's going to benefit from them. Yeah, especially their son Morgan. He he's cool. Oh yeah. All right. His, his, he was always looking for his room where he could get his peace and quiet for a nine-year-old <laughs> or seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going back to um, is the fear of the coronavirus hampering not here. real estate sales not here. no not at all here okay. not at all and you know what we're trying to there's a lot more new builds now because around the whole country you know everybody has um you know we have like a one month supply of homes so it is helping that they we have so much land to build on so a lot of builders are building um and they have been the whole time they haven't stopped um and so that's definitely been helping with our inventory. So the number of sales, uh, let's say for April, would it have been about the same as the uh, April previously? Or would you say that's uh, down a little? It'd be down a little bit because of the lack of inventory. I think people, you know, during the, the COVID time for what, eight weeks, um, a lot of people just didn't put their house on the market mm -hmm. or took it off the market, you know, because of maybe they were a little bit afraid and, you know, there, there was so much fear mongering from, you know, outside. Um, but again, if you have to move, the people who have their houses on the market are people who have to move or really want to move. They're moving to, you know, moving up, moving down, moving, you know, or moving out. And you know what I've seen here is the buyers that are out there are the serious buyers. They yep. want to buy something. Oh, yeah. And with interest rates down, uh, they're able to buy more. So it it's actually been good for the market. Really good for the market. Really good. And we have one area just a, a couple miles from my house. It's a two-mile um, span of, on the 101 in Scottsdale. It's Phoenix slash Scottsdale. There's 8,000 new jobs coming. And it's American Express increasing, Mayo Hospital increasing, ASU Medical, and Nationwide, all within a two-mile spread, um, uh, producing 8,000 new jobs. Wow. So why is yeah. it that Arizona is growing so much? Is it the heat? <laughs> well, you know, even with the heat, it doesn't, you know, it's a very well-run state. It's a very clean state. People, when they come to Scottsdale, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so clean. It's so beautiful. I lived here for 30 years, originally from Minneapolis. And I just feel that, um, you know, you can be outside 365 days a year. I'm a mm -hmm. cyclist, um, runner, um, so you can be outside every single day. 
Yeah. Right. June, July, and August, it's hot. It's hot everywhere else. You just get in air conditioning. But at least it's a dry heat. It's not humid. Mm-hmm. All right. We have about 20 seconds left. Give me your best real estate advice, Colleen. Um, don't let fear stop you right now from doing what you want to do. All right. And, uh, you know, buy a house. That's where your, your money's in your house. Yeah. And uh, that's my best advice. Go buy a house. Well, thank you very much, Colleen. And thank you also to all our listeners this week for, um, hope you enjoyed our road trip around the U.S. housing market. We'll be back next Saturday. And thank you very much.